You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. We all go a little mad sometimes. No, please don't kill me, Mr. Ghostface. I want to be in the Welcome to the Carpenter Queens podcast, the weekly pop culture horror stoner show, where we talk the best and worst the horror genre has to offer. We come to you live from the TCQ Video Store, where you can pick up the best and worst in horror for only 69 cents a day. Welcome in, fellow queerdos. Can somebody get the door? Can somebody get the goddamn door? My name is Nicholas. Yeah. Are you prepared for Jehovah's Return? My name is Raymond. (laughs) Hello, queerdos. Happy New Year. It is a new year, but we are your favorite same lousy video store employees. How is everybody, Mm -hmm. bitch? New Year, not so new us. (laughs) Same old bullshit, to be honest. (laughs) Kind of hard to, like, you know really do some New Year's resolutions when you're still in the middle of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's important to look for the silver lining. So we have plenty more in store for the rest of our season. So I'm looking forward to that. Plus, I have a little vacation coming up uh, in San Diego planned for like next weekend. And I'm really excited for that. Ooh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Very jealous. Mm-hmm. What about you? What is on the plata for 2022? For the store and for us as just people within the horror community, a lot. We have a lot in store for 2022, and that's just the first half. I am so excited to start talking some new updates and some announcements that are coming very, very soon. I'm just excited to see where we can go with this. That's what I'm excited for the new year. I'm also trying to find a new place with my partner. Place that we can just relax, be calm, have a great time, hopefully set up a new studio. Speaking of new studios, thank you very much to our new producer. Uh, Thanks to them, we now have this wonderful platform that we are using. Powered by Riverside FM. Riverside, if you are a podcaster just like us, or you're trying to find some way to record, but due to COVID and you need a studio, please try and use Riverside. We are currently testing out this wonderful new platform and mm-hmm. I really like it. I got a soundboard, everybody. Like, <laughs> <laughs> We got a new uh, recording program and she don't know how to act. <laughs> but yes, thanks to our new executive producer, we have some great new equipment. I have a, wow, look at this. Okay. so official. I have a cool arm with a mic, a brand new mic on it. So hopefully my audio sounds better. So, uh, yeah, we're starting the new year off right, bitch. I'm so excited. I am so stoked. And since it is a new year, we must discuss what's on the calendar. Before we talk about 2022 and what it has in store for everybody in the horror community, we would love for you all to, what else? Leave a comment and rate the podcast. If you love what you hear, hit that subscribe or follow button. Wherever you are streaming, you are now able to rate on the Spotify app. So please, everybody, Mm. five stars. Five stars, because we are what? Five-star bitches. Ask Little Wayne. (laughs) Let's figure out what is up and coming this year when we head on over to an old classic here at TCQ Video. Don't change the dial. We have an important update from this nice news update. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night to all in the podcast ether. This is the Slice News Update. I am your co-anchor, Gail Swallows, and these are your upcoming horror films of 2022. 
But before we move forward, not that we need to remind anyone, but there are all very much subject to change in the ever-evolving climate that is COVID psalms. As of this recording, <laughs> there are these are the release dates, but that could definitely change everybody. And most likely will change. Aww. So obviously, first up, Scream. By the time of this premiere date, Scream will have been out for two weeks now, and hopefully we can give our full thoughts on the film later. But... How are we feeling about Matt Bettinelli open and Tyler Gillette directing our return to Woodsboro? So, I have been trying my hardest to avoid, honestly, everybody, trailers, uh, snippets. But some posters, I, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer because this is, like, the first time that I can be very cognizant of, like, the scream, screamophobia, stabathon, whatever the f*** you want to call it, because this is so mm-hmm. exciting for the horror community. Everybody is so excited for this movie. We, It's like a warm hug, and I'm trying my hardest to, like, dodge that warm hug because it's COVID times. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blame it on COVID, bitch. Dodge <laughs> hugs no matter what. It's, I want to go in as clear-headed, as uninfluenced as possible. I don't want to set up an expectation, but I am so excited. So excited for this movie. So many expectations already. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> but I from I I've managed to like I'm for the most part I think everybody in the horror community anyway has agreed that like no spoilers. I've seen uh, all those no spoilers. This is a no spoiler community. All those posts being right up, which is great to see. But the only things I have been seeing are people's reviews and I've been seeing mm-hmm. a lot a lot specifically of people saying that Wes would be proud, which is really endearing. Aww. And that says a lot to be honest. If they're saying that Wes would be proud, I feel like that's saying a lot and I feel like this movie I'm really hoping for the best, and I'm really hoping that, quite honestly, that this is the end of the Scream franchise, just because I feel like it kind of needs an end cap. Is this not? Is this the beginning of a trilogy? Come on now. Are you kidding me? It's the hot it's new the thing wi- to do now. It's the Weinsteins. Are you kidding me? This is true. This is true. If it becomes super hot, do not be surprised if you see another follow-up. However, I do believe it would be a great... I don't know anything. I don't have any expectations. But I believe it would be a great closing of the original Mm -hmm. trio that we have of their story. However Mm -hmm. they want to end it. However they want to say goodbye to this and move on to the next chapter. We can have conversations about that. Because I do believe that as much as I love these characters, they deserve an ending. They deserve a solid, good, strong ending. I agree. I agree. Expectations. Expectations around. We already have expectations. (laughs) Moving on to our next one, we have the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which will be dropping February 18th. Another classic, Back from the Dead. This time, Legendary is bringing a direct follow-up to the 1974 original hit. The film will be moving to Netflix and is directed by David Blue Garcia and penned by Chris Thomas Devlin. How do we feel? It's getting the Halloween treatment. I'm biased. I'm, I'm very biased, biased because I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> So, um, I saw, I mean, we, I watched the trailer like three times just to make sure I was like, giving <laughs> it a shot, you know, um, I'm willing to give it a shot. I'm gonna watch. I'm willing to give uh-huh. it a shot. I will always give something a try. Um, cause I actually, and we're going to get into it, but I actually like prefer the remake over the original. And I know that's sacrilegious and people are <gasps> but sorry, not sorry. Jessica Biel just does it for me. Um, <gasps> I don't know. What are your feelings on this? I am going in with open arms, open heart, because 
I enjoy the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I am also like you, though. I really, really enjoy the remake. It could be because that's when I started, like, my horror recollection when I started diving into it. And those Mm -hmm. are one of the few movies that did it. I enjoy the original. I just don't enjoy it in the ways that a lot of people do. Some people go, crazy for that movie so i can only expect i can only imagine the expectation that people have for texas chainsaw massacre however this has been really quiet i heard rumors about this movie being made i didn't think this movie was actually going to be made and now that the trailer is here i was like oh well i'm gonna watch like but i don't really have anything to like hype me up i'm gonna watch it it's netflix hello yeah same so it's there i appreciate it (laughs) and i know a lot of people are excited for it I'm going to need something for February. Get, feed me, horror <laughs> community, please. Feed me, Seymour. Feed me, Seymour. Coming up next is The Black Phone, slated to release June 24th. The Ethan Hawke supernatural horror film by director Scott Derrickson, also the director of Sinister, and produced by Blumhouse. This will follow a serial killer who abducts children in a suburban Colorado town. One of his newest victims can hear the voices of past victims to aid him in escaping. I know my feelings on this. I want to know yours first. This genuinely looks terrifying to me. Abduction, like home invasion, mm-hmm. k- killer of children. But we mm-hmm. stand on this show. Like I really don't care what anyone says. But this looks amazing. I was blown away by the trailer. I love Ethan Hawke. I love this director. Blumhouse can produce good ones. Mm-hmm. They're one of the production houses that I'm starting to feel like they're just like dishing and hoping anything sticks. You know what I'm talking about? You get one. You get to just slapping the shit out for everybody. I love it though. I love whatever. I'm going to watch whatever they produce. And this one looks great. I have some really high hopes for this one. Yeah, I kind of agree. Ethan, first of all, the image of Ethan Hawke Ugh. in that half mask is horrifying enough. Uh-huh. And then even him without the mask is horrifying because he's got this really pale white makeup. Um, so the trailer really is creepy. I don't know. I At first I was on the fence because I was like, uh, Supernatural with the phone, meh. But then like I got the second trailer and that was a lot better. And uh-huh. then um, also, uh, I want to say it was Chelsea from Dead Meat. I think her and James got to go to an early screening of this. They couldn't talk about it, obviously. Yeah. Um, but she said that like, wow. I think it'll be good. I'm excited. Let's see. I need a summer movie. I need a popcorn movie. So give it to me. Yeah, and Ethan Hawke, come on, Ethan Hawke. He did killer in Sinister. That was Ethan Hawke in Sinister, duh. (laughs) Wow. Move on. (laughs) Our next film is going to be Nope, dropping July 22nd, and not much is known about Jordan Peele's next chapter into horror. What we do know is the cast includes Daniel Kaluuya, Kiki Palmer, and Steven Yeun. And hello, at the poster that that released last... Year I'm already in. Like, uh, mm-hmm. give give me my money. Take my money. Take the poster, my money. Jordan Peele and this cast. I'm already in. I'm already in. I'm so excited to Kiki I Palmer. Love... I'm ready for a Kiki Palmer Renaissance. Oh my god. Yes, I love Kiki Palmer. I also love Stephen. I love the cat. I love so far what's known of the cast. I love all three of these mm-hmm. people, and I love Jordan Peele's take on horror and mm-hmm. and his vision. And even though like Us isn't my favorite, I appreciated it. I really like us. It's just fun for me. It just feels like a really cool Twilight Zone episode. So I can't wait for what whatever this is because I'm getting some like sort of like alien vibes from it. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, I can totally so, see it. So we'll see. 
Ending out our year would be Halloween Ends, slated to premiere October 14th. The final and concluding installment in David Gordon Green's take on the Halloween trilogy will take place four years after the setting in Halloween Kills. It will once again star Quan, Jamie Lee Curtis, <laughs> and is written by Green, Brad, Paul Brad Logan, Chris Bernier, and Danny McBride. I just hope it's better than this one. God, it has to be better than Halloween Kills. As long as... If I don't ever hear Evil Dies Tonight Evil ever again, tonight. I will die a happy person. This better conclude and ha- solve all of the problems I had with Halloween Kills. If anyone wants to hear our thoughts on Halloween Kills, you can head on over to the wonderful Fear the Talking Queers. They have a full episode up of our feelings on that movie, and we had <laughs> a lot to say. <laughs> yeah, we did. Everyone had a lot to say. Shade. <laughs> So I, all the best to them. I really hope we can at least end cap this and make me feel better about what events took place in Kills. That's all I'm going to say. Agreed. Because it was a rough middle chapter. Now to move on to our recommended rental. We came here to chew bubblegum and kick some ass. And we're all out of bubblegum. This week's recommended rental is an action-packed sci-fi cult classique. We are wearing our sunglasses at night as we talk John Carpenter's They Live. And now, our feature presentation. Queerdos, this flick is surprisingly not available for streaming anywhere, not even Fubo. So you will have to <laughs> buy or rent this one. Surprisingly enough, Fubo not did not Fubo. come through. Yeah. <laughs> they did not come through on this one. So let's discover some subliminal messaging and talk about some conspiracy theories while we discuss how we came to see this movie. Oh no, you got to go into 420 What You Smoking. That's what I like read. Transition. Well, transition into 420 What You Smoking. That question is asked after we go into 420 What You Smoking. Um, I just need you to lead us into 420 Got you. Speaking of bubblegum, let's head over to 420 <laughs> What You Smoking. <laughs> I hate you. 420, what you smoking? <laughs> what did you smoke with this week's watch? Bubblegum. Uh, I wish I had like a cool bubblegum train to smoke this week. Um, I didn't have any time to do anything fun or cute, so I'm still working on my stash. But oh, we can't show this. But <laughs> um, I found I I bought Richard this really cute um, new like sm- like a mini bong. And mm. it's called Ooze. Or that's the brand. And you can put the bong in the freezer and it won't shatter. Oh. It's just, don't try this with any bong. It has to be a special kind of glass. So don't, so don't just okay. stick any old bong okay. in the freezer. Um, this one is like a double paned kind of glass. And it's got this. It's called Ooze because I'm going to show you and cut it out. There's actual ooze in between. It's like double paned. So there's ooze in between the layer of the glass. And I think that's what prevents it from shattering. So when you hit it, you get a really icy cold hit, and it's nice. So, so that's what I worked on this week. Ooh, that sounds wonderful. What about you? Lately, everyone can judge me however you want. I don't buy too bulk of things anymore. I buy like maybe eighth here, eighth here, eighth, 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 because I want to mix it up. I like to change it up. And lately, what I have been doing is taking little nugs from each one and then putting it in one. So that way, when all the bits fall and all the grinds come in, because I'm lazy, I'll grind my stuff up and then just throw it back into like 
the jar that they're in so it doesn't dry up inside of my grinder. Mm-hmm. And so I've just been smoking whatever's like left on the bottom, and that is my favorite. It is it's my essentially favorite. It's just like a salad. It's a. <laughs> It's a salad That's or shake. That's exactly what it is. I've got these greens over here. I've got some light greens, dark greens, yellow greens over here. <laughs> some dandelion greens, some arugula, some basil. This is how I'm making sure I'm eating the amount that my doctor recommends. <laughs> Getting my daily intake of greens. But let's discover subliminal messaging and talk about conspiracy theories while we discuss how we came to see this movie. How did you fall upon this action-packed wrestling alien invasion (laughs) seriously um i didn't get into this until i started deep diving on carpenter um obviously i hold carpenter very like he's kind of a holy grail you know for the most part i stuck to like halloween um assault escape from la other stuff like that and i never dived into like his other stuff like village of the damned um Mm -hmm. they live this was one of my anyways the point is i didn't deep dive yet so i didn't come across this one until like later on until like my early mid-20s and i actually bought this with you when you lived here in la we went we had that favorite store second spin um oh my god r.i.p to second spin Mm -hmm. and they had the biggest selection of movies and music in that store and I came across this, like, John Carpenter four-pack. And it was, like, Village of the Damned, Ooh. They Live. Ooh. Um, I can't remember the other two. Anyways, I bought it. And then I remember when I got home, only two of the movies out of the four were in there. And I what? Like, yeah, only two were in there. It, I only have They Live and Village of the Damned. There were supposed to be four. <laughs> I'm still upset till this day. Because I was like, I can't take it back because they're not going to believe me. It's already open. And they're going to think I just took these other movies out. So I just, like, I took the L. Anyways. Oh, my God. Um, I'm going on a tangent here. <laughs> I, I'm not I finally upset. came. I'm not upset. I finally came across. I was like, oh, I finally have They Live in My Hands. And I've been wanting to see this because I was like, oh, this is interesting because this is, like, political horror. Yes. And so I remember I watched it and I was like, wow. I was, like, amazed. It was very much, like, Big Brother vibes. And then oh, but yeah. also giving you, like... B horror movies with this cheesy deliciousness star who is the main character. Um, but I was blown away with what was on my screen. It's so telling of the era, and oh, I yeah. love it. Uh, what was your first introduction to this movie? People are gonna judge me so hardcore. We already I did not watch this. I <laughs> <laughs> this movie did not fully it fell into my lap i think i want to say two years ago i bought this movie found it randomly i don't even remember where i found it i think it was another secondhand store i love secondhand stores everybody Mm -hmm. please go shop there you're gonna find the best shit but i found it and i honestly haven't watched this movie until we put it on the list until we actually yes so this is my first time fully absorbing they live and i love carpenter but i usually revisit the same ones that you do christine is up there for me i Mm -hmm. really like village of the dam because creepy kids are fucking weird i can't (laughs) i really want to do a creepy kid month i really want to do a creepy kid (laughs) no i hate kids i know you do that's why i think it'd be such a fun month that you would just be sitting here going in on these kids but i've (laughs) It's not usually within my repertoire of ones to watch. And after watching this one, I'm so upset with myself. I'm so upset with myself. This is 
a wild movie. And mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought up political. It's very heavy-handed. Mm-hmm. It's, like, obviously there. There's not really subtext to it. Oh, but no. because because of that and the way that it's trying to present it to you, I think it's just the best. And you're right. It is a great representation of the 80s. But what it is for me is that because it came in 88, it was a great end cap to the 80s, to the ridiculousness that was the 80s, going into mm-hmm. what I believe is like the weird, raunchy, serious tones of the 90s. Jerry Springer would totally come into play in the I 90s. I would call it I... radical. The radical 90s. <laughs> radical. Wild. But this was <laughs> definitely like a big middle finger to like Reagan and the Reagan era. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Whew, this is so good. So good. I can't wait to dive in. Let's talk about it when we check out the VHS's special features and find out how this movie was made. They Live, released November 4th, 1988, with a runtime of one hour and 34 minutes. We have a rating of R, mateys. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> we have our taglines. <clears throat> Obey, or else. Alien invasion of the subliminal kind. They control what you see. They decide what you hear. You think they're people just like you. You're wrong. Who are they, and what do they want? You see them on the street, you watch them on TV, you might even vote for one this fall. You think they're people just like you. You're wrong. Dead wrong. Okay, I'm going to address the elephant in the room, because everybody who listens is aware of how you feel about long taglines. Okay. Y'all better be aware by now. I know how you feel about it, but for me, it works. It's it just works. It gives you everything and nothing at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, I agree. It really does kind of let you know what this movie is about, which is mm-hmm. needed. Um, because I tried to get Richard to watch this with me, <laughs> they were not interested. <laughs> I showed them the trailer, and after we watched the trailer, it wasn't a great trailer. I tried to get them to watch another trailer, oh, and they were not just like, a good trailer. no. Because it, it was like a movie clip as well, and it was, mm, and they weren't interested. And I was like, that's fair, I guess. But let's move on to our director and writer, the one and only living f-ing legend himself, three-time TCQ alumni, John Mother Carpenter. We will mention the pseudonym though in this script later, but do we need to do we need to discuss why we're called the Carpenter Queens, everybody? Sorry. I can't believe we've only covered three of his movies. <laughs> and we're called the Carpenter Queens. We're trying to how dare you. We're trying to spice it up, everybody. We're also, okay. <laughs> we're also trying to like spread out his filmography over the span. Hello, John Carpenter. No 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 introduction needed. Moving on to casting. Okay, hold on. Really quick. His name is never said throughout the entire movie. Is it Nada or Nada? It's Nada. It's Nada? It's it's Nada because Carpenter really liked the fact that Nada in Spanish is nothing. nothing. No. So that's what he wanted. He wanted a clear-cut character that every man can imprint themselves onto. I guess it kind of works. However, who the f*** looks like Roddy Piper? Like, honestly, who looks like him? Oh my god, body, (laughs) Jesus. 
Okay, so <laughs> our main character, WWF superstar, Roddy Piper as John Nada, also known as Rowdy Roddy Piper or Hot Rod in the World Wrestling Federation. Huge, huge star mm-hmm. at this point in their career. And mm-hmm. I think that's why John Carpenter chose them. I don't know. We'll talk about why he chose them in a little bit, but I will say that they live actually progressed his career more. Did you know that he, I also didn't know that he passed to rest in peace, Mm -hmm. but he also has like a full statue of himself at the WWF, like building. He's a, he's a huge deal. And because of this movie, it helped solidify that. Oh, I knew, I I knew he was a big deal. Obviously, usually only like really big wrestling stars can make the transition over in a film. And so I knew he was a big deal. He was deal. the first to do it, too. He was really? the first WWF wrestler to have a number one box office movie ever. Oh, so shit. you're welcome, The Rock. Uh, right. I was talk about a trailblazer. Moving on, we also have Keith David as Frank Armitage, another TCQ alumni from the very last Carpenter film we discussed, The Thing from 1982. Oh, Keith David's another hottie. Meg Foster as Holly Thompson. Raymond St. Jacques as the street preacher. George Buckflower as the drifter slash collaborator. Peter Jason as Gilbert. Cy Richardson as the Black Revolutionary. Susan Blanchard as in, 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 Ingenue? I think so. <laughs> a lot of these characters... So I'm keeping this in because a lot of these characters' names are not mentioned. Never said. <laughs> so I, I I really don't know what y'all want. What do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> Norman Alden as the construction foreman, with John Carpenter making a voice cameo as one of the voices instructing humans to sleep, sleep, sleep. chill. <laughs> Moving on to reviews. <laughs> IMDb gave it a 7.3 out of 10. On Metacritic, it got a 55 out of 100. And Rotten Tomatoes, it got an 87, excuse me. An 85% tomato meter and a 79% audience score. How do you feel about these scores? I actually kind of, I agree with these scores. I would say these are fair. The only one that I feel like is really strange is Metacritic, and I want to know where that average is coming from. Whatever, you guys do your thing. I would say these are fair. Honestly, I not to give too much away, there are things of this movie that I, I don't necessarily have problems with, but are just like... They're, they're like little dings against you, you know what I'm saying? But th- I think these are fine. These are good. This is a, this is passing. I passed. I graduated, Mom. What else like, do you want? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're like CinemaSins. Have you ever seen CinemaSins on YouTube? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah that's what I picture when you said, like, dings. I agree. This film is not perfect by any means. No. Um, but we are Carpenter stands. Hello. And um, I appreciate, like, so much this political... I wouldn't even call it an undertone. This is a political horror movie. And I appreciate that. I really like it a lot. I love political horror. And yes, I think you do. This was, I think this was a great... I want to say start to it, because this is the earliest political horror movie I can think of. Well, in terms of, like, the text being right I'm talking there, about straight up. Yeah. yeah straight up political horror. I, I would definitely... I'm talking about undertones. I would definitely agree with that, because there are a lot of movies way back when, even during the uh, film codes of, like, the 1940s, 50s, oh, yeah. where everything had uh-huh. to be subtext. So this, mm-hmm. I would I would agree with you that this is probably one of the biggest ones, and that's one of the reasons why this movie wasn't that popular when it came out. It was number one at the box office for two weeks in a row, and then it just kind of dropped after that. It was a modest success, but mm-hmm. people were expecting... Hard action, bruh. Mm-hmm. Arts 
and Arnold Schwarzenegger telling you to get to the chopper. Like shit. Or like straight up horror. Mm-hmm. Which it's not really. But John Carpenter totally delves into action in different genres. Assault on Precinct 13. Uh, uh. Mm-hmm. Escape from New York. <sighs> Ghost of Mars. Uh. Yes! Ugh, God. But he's always in that realm, so th- I feel like that shouldn't be too surprising if he wants to do another action movie. But I can see. Mm-hmm. I can see. I get it. I see you. I seen it. For our production, we have a budget of an estimated three to four million. I kept getting different variants on it, so we'll just keep it at that. For our box office, this film was and is considered a mild box office film with a gross worldwide income of 13 million. So you made your money back and then some. Still good. Mm-hmm. Not fully mm-hmm. considered like a smash hit, but I think this movie just grew over time. All tea, all shade for John Carpenter. I think that's great. This is doing well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Considering the box office bomb that was uh, that will come later in his much later in his career, that is Ghost of Mars. One of our first episodes, so random. We started with one of his worst. I apologize, Carpenter, John Carpenter. <laughs> I love that movie, and I still stand by it. <sighs> Glad you do. Shade. For our script, it is based on the 1963 short story, 8 O'Clock in the Morning, by Ray Nelson, and what Carpenter stated as, quote, A finger to Reagan. John would acquire the- you, Reagan. <laughs> Seriously, f*** you, Reagan. John would acquire the film rights to the story and the rights to the comic book, Nada, that was published in the Alien Encounters comic anthology in April of 1986. And due to pulling from multiple sources, including input from crew and casting Roddy Piper as essentially to play himself, <laughs> Carpenter would use a pseudonym, Frank Armitage, as an allusion to H.P. Lovecraft's character, Henry Armitage, from his novella, The Dunwick Horror which is regarded as, like, one of the early forms of, like, Cthulhu. And a lot of horror nerds are obsessed. I'm actually not really into H.P. Lovecraft. It's mainly because he's a white supremacist, but that's beside the point. <laughs> I said I Same, though. <laughs> but this, his, John Carpenter's references for this film are insane. They're all over the place. I, I love it. I love that there's a big middle finger to Reagan and the whole Reagan mm-hmm. era and this whole kill or be killed kind of mentality and everyone for themselves. Because during this time period, I just want to put it into context. Reaganomics were up. Capitalism mm-hmm. was up and rising. Everything mm-hmm. was being sold to you, but homelessness and job loss and was, was rapid rapidly. And it was disgusting. And yet as much as we love and stand eighties pop culture, because this is when it started for everybody is there was a reason why pop culture was so big. It was because everything else was pretty f***ing shitty. The 80s were wild, everybody. Uh, this is the mm-hmm. AIDS epidemic. Uh, everybody's losing their jobs. And this is just a fascinating way for John Carpenter to do that. We've talked many times. To, he's a rock star. He's an artist. And he's a badass. Total punk rock. Total punk rock. And this was his way of saying, like, f*** the man. Who doesn't love that? Because we love to f*** men. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to production. For casting his lead anti-hero, Carpenter would lean on professional wrestler Roddy Piper. The two had met in 1997 at WrestleMania 3, and upon meeting him, Carpenter would state, It was an easy choice to cast him for the role. Unlike most Hollywood actors, Roddy has life written all over him. While the role of Frank was specifically written for Keith David, having previously worked with Carpenter and been impressed with him on The Thing. He was amazing. One of the best parts of the thing. Well, the whole the thing by, besides the fact that it's just amazing. Everybody go watch it, please, or listen to our coverage of the thing back in season one. Watch it and then and then listen. Trust us, you'll love it. But I love Keith David. 
He's such a badass. He's really f***ing hot. And he kicks so much mm-hmm. ass in this movie. He kicks so much ass and has an amazing ass in this movie. Oh, they both do. I know. Jesus. I know. The amount of ass shots we're going to get is great. Filming would take place over eight weeks from March until April in 1988. Principal photography would take place throughout downtown Los Angeles. Scenes with homeless characters, Carpenter would hire real homeless people and give them multiple days of free food and paid them. I love that. Helping DTLA. Because it looked like they were near Skid Row and Honesty Bridge, uh-huh. all shade. If we talk about They Live, we absolutely must talk about one of the most infamous fights in film history. (laughs) The fight was choreographed by stunt choreographer Jeff Amata, who Carpenter would love so much he'd have Amata play one of the many aliens throughout the film. The fight took about three weeks to choreograph and would result in about a five and a half minute fight. One of the most infamous lines in the film, the bubblegum line, was actually one Piper had written down as a taunt to use in wrestling. Carpenter loved it so much, he had to put it in the film. And it's (laughs) iconic. The character of Nada is just a one-liner, beefy, sweaty machine. And bitch, I am here for it. I I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. Mmm, give me more. Beefcake for breakfast. And before we continue on... Of course, our one-man army and John Carpenter would create the soundtrack with Alan Howarth. And this is very, in my opinion, pretty different from some of the stuff he's done from his other films. Because he does Mm. do some synth in there, but this one's way more jazzy and it's got like a sultry tone to it. It's very interesting. It's very like, um, well, he is a drifter, but like drifter in the Wow Wow (laughs) West type of style of music. And it's really fun. I agree. It's definitely different. So let's go grab some more bubblegum, put our sunglasses on, and we will be right back after these messages. We'll be right back after these messages. Our movie opens on some graffiti under the freeway overpass. Our main character, Nada, makes his way over the tracks and into town. He makes his way to the unemployment office where he is told there are no openings for him. He leaves and makes his way to the park where a local preacher is shouting about control and how they're all around us. We cut to later that night as Nada settles in for the night. He can't help but notice everyone is glued to their TV screens. (gasps) So this is a pretty soft opening. It's very soft, especially for a carpenter. Yeah, there's no real like catalyst or an action that propels you into the story you're kind of just you you kind of just like wander in on this drifter Uh who's wandering into la from colorado somehow it's a very strange opening i highly agree with you i'm gonna i guess i'm just gonna let the cat out of the bag this movie does not get going you don't see an alien until the 34 minute (laughs) mark you don't see action until the 20 minute mark this movie really takes its time getting there. And what's so interesting is that we're supposed to identify with this character, be a part with this character, and this character, everybody says nada. <laughs> but like, this character doesn't say anything except for one liners and maybe like a yeah. different word or two. And I don't know if a that's a handful of words. A handful of words. And I don't know if that's Rodney just being Rodney, Rodney, Roddy being Roddy and like him not fully being an actor or John Carpenter like flexing the script to to be that way for him. You know what I'm saying? I think it's a little bit of both in all honesty. I think Carpenter had 
this idea and this set plan to use Roddy as his main character. And obviously he chose Roddy to just be Roddy. He's like, he's a wrestler. He's not an actor. And so I think that's why Roddy only, he's really literally just reading the lines that are on the script. I don't think he understood the nuances or couldn't really improvise or anything. And that's no shade. They're not an actor. Um, But I think that's why the movie takes so long and it's set up in the beginning because uh, Carpenter is very much setting up this world that they're living in in the late 80s of consumerism and how everybody's on the go and everybody's wrapped up in their own bubbles and they're on like the one track lane. Like everybody's just worried about themselves and nobody's looking at the bigger picture. I would fully agree with that. And I think that's a great way to use Nada. Like literally. I get it. Like, it's a little over the nose a lot of the times. He's a nothing character, literally, so that way we can see the way that John Carpenter wants us to see. Because a lot of the stuff he does, honestly, is it's eerie to watch now. It's really eerie to watch and be like, oh, we're still doing that. We're still worshipping people that we should, like, people Mm -hmm. should be worshipping. Like, it's just such an interesting view into the culture that has not changed since the 80s no if, if anything it's gotten worse bitch it, it has it's gotten <laughs> so much worse uh the only other thing i really want to say the preacher when he is preaching his things and he's being a preacher preaching stuff doing preacher stuff being a preacher mm-hmm. um he states say preacher again preacher their mouths are full of bitterness and curses the fear of god is not before their eyes they have taken the hearts and minds of our leaders they have blinded us to the truth our human spirit is corrupted why do we worship greed holy shit calm down but (laughs) and it's a big but anytime i've gone to hollywood this guy is on every corner like how many times have i seen Let me go. Carpenter literally just took that man who's who's standing there on Hollywood and Highland. I was like, hey, you want to be in a movie? <laughs> the next day, Nada is able to talk his way into a job at the local construction site. After his first day of work, he sort of makes a friend in his co-worker, Frank. Frank invites him to a small community made up of other homeless people. After they eat dinner and have a heart-to-heart where Frank preaches everything wrong with America, whereas Nada still has faith. Nada wanders around the campsite and stands near some men watching a TV that somehow works in the middle of a field. And the program they're watching is interrupted. <laughs> the program they're watching is interrupted by an unauthorized transmission by some hackers. They are warning the citizens of these things that have intercepted our way of life and are controlling our every move. They hide in plain sight, and it's their greatest asset. They keep us asleep, keep us selfish, keep us sedated. The man gets up and changes the channel. The entire time, the preacher at the church across the street has been mimicking everything the hackers had been saying. And at the end of the speech, the preacher is taken back inside by another man. Uh, I just want to talk about the shirtless scene because he... (laughs) 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 I I wasn't expecting to feel things either. I I haven't seen this movie in a hot minute. And so when I rewatched it for this, I was like, oh... Oh my goodness, there's there's hair on the chest? Ah. Uh, it's such a... Ah. Uh, uh. <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting, because I am aware of Nada as a character. I'm aware of this movie. I'm aware of what, of it, what it's done. I'm aware of like what it's done for the culture. So I'm aware of this character. I was not... <clears throat> <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. 
Nada gets a job. Ran, I don't. I, I can't wrap my brain around this concept of like, do you, I want to work for you, and they're like, yeah, work for us. And then he just. I have my own working. tools. I have never seen a construction worker look like this. But if I ever saw a construction working worker look like this, I would have been in construction. Like that wouldn't have been an option for me. Uh, the, I lost my train of thought with trying to talk about this. Oh, we meet Frank. We meet Frank. How do you feel about Frank as a character? It's strange. He's trying to be nice. It's well, he's nice. So like, he sees Nada. He's a new guy on the site, so he tries to be like. He 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 overhears the conversation with the foreman about getting paid and da 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 da. da. And no, oh, the foreman tells. Oh my god, the foreman tells Nada that he can't sleep overnight. <laughs> like, it's the so, shade. It's, it's the. <laughs> It's the way he does it. Nada just worked a full shift. Full shift, sweaty. You can tell he put in the work. And the guy just comes over and, You better not stay overnight. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna need to take that shit to the streets. And I'm just like... <laughs> well, excuse me. He was just, like, wiping the dirt and sweat off of his face. But Frank, I... I think, Frank, right off the bat, you genuinely care and like for Frank. Because Frank immediately sees someone and wants to help but it's so interesting because frank also later on just reveals himself to be super jaded from like the world that he's lived in and what life has thrown at him but he's Mm -hmm. still capable of like being a nice guy but the best part about it this movie is i have a feeling a lot of people get upset when i do this with a lot of movies but this movie everybody is gay this movie is so (laughs) gay and I'm gonna tell you why. <laughs> no, you're you're gay, and I'm gonna tell you why you're gay. <laughs> because <laughs> this is how every one of my relationships has started. You're gay, and I'm gonna tell you why, and you're gonna be with me. These guys are so overtly masculine, and when it's depicted in a way of like, you're literally greasing them up and having them have this physical contact and be, this is an end. This is coworkers to frenemies to friends, to lovers relationship. If you were to put it in any other movie, any other movie. That's your dream, Jackie. That's your dream. That's what you want to happen to you in your life. (laughs) Well, it's true because Frank tells Nada like, Hey, like I can have a place. Like there's a place over here on my way. Like, you can follow. And Nada says, what else? Nada. So he, <laughs> so he follows him. And then Frank, not being a dick, he just turns around and he's like, I don't like being followed unless I know why. And what does Nada respond? I don't turn up with anybody until I see where he's going. Like, uh, mm, this is a cruise. They're cruising. They're trying to find a spot. <laughs> I'm going to get so much hate mail. Big. I'm gonna get. You I'm gonna big. get. I'm gonna get so much. There's hate anything now. Jackie knows about cruising. Take. <laughs> Everybody, these. This is the hetero world. Put on your homosexual glasses and look at what's out there. See what it is. See the truth. You're obeying them. They're wanting you to reprocreate. Just he can never not be gay for five seconds. I like my. I like Frank. I like how these characters start off as like not friends. How do you feel about mm-hmm. this campsite thing? It's it's real, and I appreciate it. Um, 
because they have this community that supports each other. And so when Frank brings in Nada, uh, one of the other citizens asks, he's like, oh, I see you got tools. He's like, good, we need somebody to fix the da-da-da. I just love that everybody, it's like a commune. Like, everybody contributes and everybody does their part and everybody can, you know, whatever skill you have, like, you put it to use within the community, which is great. I, I think it also just depicts this idea of a community that is outside of the realms of consumerism and mm-hmm. how much how that sense of community seems better than it does on the outside world of this like doggy dog consumerism type of lifestyle. So it's really interesting the yeah. two worlds kind of melding that way. But thank you for pointing out something that I was trying to scratch my brain around. Why is this TV turn on? Where did you get the electricity? Where is the, like, I know for a fact they plugged it into someone's, like, outside electrical outlet and there's, like, 17 Seven extension wires. Cords. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, why? We're in the middle of this field. It would have made sense if they were, like, watching the news or whatever through a TV, like, through a window, like, at a department store or something. They're just in the middle of this field that somehow has electricity. And they're watching TV. But it gets interrupted by the hackers. So the hackers that show up on this screen, this is finally where we start getting an inkling and an understanding and something Mm -hmm. strange and sinister is afoot. How do you feel about the hacker channel? That's how TCQ gets on the air. (laughs) PBS, y'all. I love it. I love it. It kind of reminds you of in the 80s they had that like weird white robot guy who talked really funny they even reference it Ooh, in Back to the Future. Yeah. it kind of gives me that vibes but i love that they're hacking their way into the broadcasting and trying to warn its citizens you know like wake up and be alert like these people are all around you i really dig it there's also an interesting side effect to it where the everybody who's watching it feels like they're getting a headache and that like it's yeah. hurting their brain to do it uh, so apparently this was all inspired by, I'm, it's, a, it's not a rumor, it's not a, like a myth that this type of experiment was going on. And this is how during the 80s people were controlling people that was broadcast by a particular system. And if it was ever broadcast from the system, you immediately want to go out and buy something. So Carpenter took this idea and implemented it here. And I think it's really excellently like used. I really like all of his use of like pop culture and things like that. I think it works really Mm -hmm. well. I love it too. I think it's a great idea. And I didn't know that, that there was this like myth of this like broadcasting that if you were under it, that you wanted to go out and buy things. That's crazy. It is absolutely insane. But I also, I really want to just like brush really quickly on it because their relationship, Frank's and Nada's is very it's like the this is why I said it's gay, but I'm only saying it's gay just to make fun of the fact that these tough macho characters talk about like their shortcomings and their pitfalls and uh, the them just having a hard time in the world because the majority of the time, mm-hmm. anytime, especially the '80s, it's you're macho, you're strong, you don't, you know. So it's like <laughs> it's really cool to see these two very attractive macho men talking about like. I'm having a hard time. This is not going well. Granted, Nada being vulnerable. With, being vulnerable. Granted, Nada comes in with the I believe in America. I follow the rules, bitch. This is why you're America. where you're at. Sorry. Where has that gotten you? <laughs> and it's it's really interesting to see this idea of like the American dream literally being shattered and John Carpenter using this action movie to talk about it. I get why this is why people didn't really like it, because they mm-hmm. wanted a full in action movie, but he's got things to say, and I think that's great. 
John Carpenter always has something to say, and I am mad at it for the most part. But also, we we have to talk about the preacher, which, in my opinion, kind of goes nowhere, right? Because this preacher mimics. I don't know if they're getting their. I don't know if the hackers are getting their dialogue from the preacher, or he's just mimicking what the hackers are saying. But is he picking up the frequencies? See, it's never explained. So yeah. simultaneously, as the hackers are speaking on the television, the preacher simultaneously across the street is saying the exact same thing in unison that the hackers are saying. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm confused. I'm confusion. And this kind of goes nowhere. It really doesn't, because it's only really introduced again later on when he goes into the house. But that's... Mm-hmm. That's... Kind of it. That's about it. And it's... It's fine. It's fine. It's just one of those things I feel like it's to be creepy to be creepy, but that kind of sucks because usually with Carpenter, I feel like that creepy to be creepy has a follow through and there's a reason why. This time, I really didn't feel that, but I don't know if that's just me. No, it's not just you. It didn't go anywhere. The next day, the hackers managed to overtake the airwaves again, saying they are responsible for widening the gap between the lower and upper class. Nada makes his way to the church across the street only to discover it's a front for a rebellion. It's where the hackers have been broadcasting from. As Nada tries to make his way out, he's discovered by the blind preacher who asks to fill him up before he leaves. Mm-hmm. Nada, <laughs> Nada obliges and then runs out as the preacher yells that he'll be back. He makes his way back to the campsite and watches the rebellion from afar as they move some mysterious boxes from the church into a truck and drive off. So the front for the rebellion, the Star Wars rebellion, is held up inside of this church. <laughs> Fascinating. I was kind of gagged. I was gagged. I knew something was weird with the church, but I wasn't expecting like like an army rebellion. For some reason, I was expecting like they're taking their Soylent Green is homeless people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I love it. I love that they're using the church as a front for the rebellion. I think that's genius. I mean, churches use churches as a front to do horrible things. So why don't we take it back? So I agree. I I love them using the the church as a front. And... Oh, and then... So Nada makes his way over to the church because he's f***ing nosy. And he makes his way in because he hears like a, a choir singing. Whatever choirs do. And when he goes in, that's when he realizes, like, oh, shit, like, it's, like, he discovers their secret room, and they're back there, and he realizes, like, that's where they're broadcasting from, and then when he tries to make his way out, he also smashes the wall by accident, because he's a huge motherfucker. fat ass? (laughs) Watch where you're going, fat ass. (laughs) And, uh, that's when the preacher finds him and totally, like, feels him up like any preacher would. And, like, it's awkward. (laughs) I was not ready. It is awkward, but he's blind. He's I think he's just trying to figure out who it is. Like it's also kind of like a metaphor for like that this blind man can, can is, see like, you know, he sees Yeah, he sees more than anybody else. Mm, yeah, sure. <laughs> I the only my my biggest complaint, and it's not even really a complaint, it's just like a oh, is that a lot of the metaphors and these quote unquote subtleties in this movie are not subtle they're they're very heavy-handed and that's my like only real complaint with it it's fine it's not bad i'm not expecting (laughs) amazing subtext that tells me about the realities of the world because this movie wants to do what it wants to do it's just like those things like you're saying like oh the preacher's the one that could see like this is the 80s i guess this is the start of that but by now i'm just kind of like okay 
<laughs> yeah. So the, the last thing to only take away from the scene is is the moving of the mysterious boxes, <gasps> which he actually, Drugs. which uh, Nada actually found when he crushed that wall with his fat ass. That's where they're yeah, hiding all the all the boxes. And we'll get to the boxes. We'll get, what's in the box in a second? <laughs> Later that night, Nada watches as the rebellion abandon their hideout as the police ambush it. After they clear out the church, the police descend upon the campsite, pushing citizens out by force. They bring in bulldozers, completely destroying their homes, and Nada is able to make a getaway and finds the preacher and another man being beaten by the police. He makes a run for it, helping another man along the way. The two men hide in an abandoned building where they find others seeking refuge. This is too real. Like, this is so frighteningly just reality even to this day with everything that has been going on in the world especially within the past couple of years this is just it's it's the most frightening thing is the reality being shown back at you and i think that's Mm -hmm. the only thing i have to say about that scene no you're absolutely right and the sad part is is that it's still happening today like still happening today like literally just last year they did this in echo park here in la where they pushed out an entire like homeless encampment during the pandemic like where do you want these people to go it's so sad to see especially with everything going on and the fact that these villains are because they're aliens our villains are just heartless horrible people who don't understand that these are people so seeing all of this happen is it's harsh and it's it's kind of scary the only thing is that nada kind of doesn't react Nada doesn't really react until, like, shit starts happening. And then Frank also gets super pissed off at his boyfriend. Because he was just telling him, don't go be snooping. Don't go doing all this stuff. And what does Nada do? He goes snooping. And now all of this is going on. I don't think they correlate. I really don't think because Nada was over there that the aliens came on through. Because they were always hovering over them. However, Uh I will say it's a coincidence. Do you? Uh, Yeah, I guess. I just... (laughs) Not as white, so of course he's gonna go sneak around <laughs> some shit that he's not supposed to. So like, I don't know what Frank expected. Yes, this is very true. <clears throat> the next day, Nada and some of their citizens make their way back to the campsite to recover what's left. Nada decides to venture across the street yet again to the church to see what he can recover from there. He finds a box and runs off with it. When he finds a place to hide, he rips open the box only to find that it's full of plain black sunglasses. And Unamused, he hides the box in a trash can and makes his way downtown. Walking fast, faces past, and I'm homebound. He wanders around town and he puts the glasses on and he realizes it turns everything to black and white. And then as he moves along, he realizes all the ads, billboards, books, and magazines have all changed as well. Instead of seeing advertisements, the signs read, Obey, sleep, consume. Finally, he comes to realize the glasses also reveals them. Nada becomes fascinated with them, only visible through the lens of the glasses. They are alien-like skeleton beings. They wander the streets and live lives just like us. Only most people can't see what they really are. This, 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 this is finally at the 34 minute mark when we finally get a glimpse of what the f*** is going on and bitch is it worth it. I love the art direction. I love the styling Mm -hmm. of black and white because apparently at this time, this is Carpenter's Refuge, like pushback. Apparently there was a lot of, um, 
recoloring of a lot of classic black and white movies and he really didn't like that because he believed it took away from the mystique of a lot of things so he Uh was using this black and white as a way to state that this is reality this is what's going on and i love it i love the direction of the obey i love the simplicity and frightening manner that is obey sleep consume also marry and reprocreate is terrifying (laughs) terrifying Uh uh-huh you want me to go where i love it (laughs) <laughs> you want me to put what what i love it i love th- this is when we finally get this is our reveal this is when we yes, finally start diving into reveal. the the meat and potatoes of our film this is when we start getting into the theme of them and they live this whole scenario and revealing of everything not a rightfully is just like fl- flabbergasted non-reactive just trying to like absorb everything that's going on because i would do the same thing especially with these iconic creature designs. How do you feel about the designs of them? I love the design. They, I don't even know how to describe it other than like they're alien, like skeleton beings. Cause they, they so haunting. See their teeth and like bone structure, but you have these weird, like, almost glowy eyes but they also have this kind of muscular structure over them but it's blue and red when you finally see it in color yeah it's uh. it's striking and it's haunting really and i love the reveal when he gets to the newsstand and all the magazines and everything are just like one word on them and when he finally sees one of them for the first time it's the man at the newsstand and the way that he's just staring at this man in shock and the man just looks right back at him because he's like what the fuck are you looking at not realizing that nada can see who this man really is and it's haunting because the man and like this character just stares straight into the lens of the camera it almost feels like they're looking at you it, it oh, oh thank you for saying that because i felt the same exact thing the these creatures do not have lids it, their eyes are they remind me of they toads. don't have eyelids they have like they have they look like toad like they pop out they're very they, it's just it's incredibly chilling to look at them and i felt the same exact thing when nada and that guy are looking back at each other it legitimately feels for like a split second it could be because we were high probably because i was high or whatever <laughs> <laughs> Is he was looking back at me, and I'm just like, ah, oh, this feels so weird. Consuming something that's talking about consumerism, so it is. <laughs> yes, just, it is the strangest mind. Come on, meta time. Come on, but I want to mention and talk about. I love that this movie talks about obey, sleep, consume, and this idea of consumerism. And what do we get out of this? Is a consumerist product of the clothing line Obey. Is that true? It's very true. Excuse me. <laughs> They were direct influence to this movie was the clothing line Obey. And I'm just like, the irony, the ire is so knee deep. And bitch, those clothes were expensive for like a t-shirt or a jacket. I I mean, I mean, if you're going to have, I have no words. I have no words. (laughs) You've... You live long enough, you either become, you die the hero, you live long enough to become the villain. (laughs) Oh my god. I really hope that people who bought Obey clothing really knew what they were buying. They did not, and I could not afford it. I could not afford Obey because that was not going to happen. $60? $60 for a piece of fabric. 
I love all of this, especially going into the next scene. He makes his way into a market, just taking in this new world he's discovered through these glasses. In the market, he gets into an argument with a waspy them. She realizes he can see the real her behind the facade and quickly alerts the others via a radio and her watch. He looks around in terror as the other aliens in the store begin to close in on him. He runs out of the store and is quickly pushed into an alley by some cops, whom he kills and steals their guns. Because he's white, he can do it. As he leaves the scene of the crime, <laughs> another squad car makes its way to him, so he ducks into a bank where he kills more aliens after delivering an iconic line. I've come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. <gasps> Yay! Woo! He ditches he the bank it. and sn- <laughs> he said it. He ditches the bank and snags a hostage, who he forces to drive her to her place. When they get to the hostage Holly's place, Nada crashes from the high the glasses give you. He tries to explain what's going on to Holly, but she doesn't seem to believe him. After she tells him that she works for a television station, he gets up in excitement. But Holly quickly launches Nada out her third story window. I really can't wait to talk about that, but I re- we really need to go back. So this market scene, we talked about the eeriness and the seriousness of these aliens when we first see the first one. However, we start getting camp, honey, when we get into this market. I adore, adore. For Halloween, I want to do it so bad. I want to be the blonde ponytail bitch who's just like looking and getting eggs with her watch and like her cute like tight midget i can't get over the fact that all of these aliens wear these outfits i think it's so funny i think it's a great design (laughs) piece because i think it would would it make more sense if you put on the sunglasses and you just fully see the alien and there's like their shit but you like now you also see their clothing i just think it's an interesting thing i just would have wanted to see like a full alien like uh, uh, slimy shit (laughs) But we get them in camp in wigs, honey. Horrible wigs. Lace front. There is none. There's hard fronts. Hard fronts. Wig, okay. I love it. It was the 80s, Jaggy. We have to talk about the waspy bitch. We have to talk about the waspy bitch. Bitch, she came through and tried to, like, like, shoulder check uh, Nada. And he wasn't having it. And she turned around I'm terribly sorry. <laughs> Excuse me, you look like your head fell in a cheese dip back in. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay? This one's real fucking ugly. I take these glasses <laughs> off and she looks like a regular person. I put them on from maldehyde face. Sucking <laughs> <laughs> so straight to her face. If I had known that the library, honey, was open. (laughs) (laughs) The library is always open. It's great. He just goes off on her. And she, is this what Karens really look like? Is this what, like, you know the Karens you see on, like, the Tiki Talk? true form. And, like, the Instagram. This this is their last Digimon evolution. (laughs) Not Digimon. (laughs) It's, It's great. And we go into, like, our, like, real action scene because we get the cop scene and he kills the cops and robs their asses so fast so fast it, i'm gonna chop it up to them being aliens and not real cops because he did it all too fucking easily yeah because he did i don't know listen everybody i don't know no wrestling moves i only know the moves i do in the bed so he did like the Ow. he did he did like the uh, on your back bullshit with them <laughs> i don't know what that's called but like <laughs> 
What was that? The uh, on your back? Uh, on your back. <laughs> this is, it's so interesting because then it moves into the most, the, the reveal scene and this scene are the most infamous scenes. Oh, three scenes. There's so many, there's just so many looks. Just watch there's, the movie, y'all. Just, just watch, watch the, the movie. Because we get the bank robbing scene. He doesn't even rob the bank. He just shoots it up. Wild. He he does it. He gets, so he, the only reason why he goes, the only reason why he goes into the bank is to duck out from being seen by the cops. Because this motherfucker is walking around downtown LA with a shotgun and an AR-15, which ain't really different for downtown oh LA these my. days. <laughs> So he ducks into the bank, and when he gets in, he sees that it's run by aliens. There's aliens in there. There's an alien guard. There's alien customers. There's a baby alien. Not really, but there should have been. <sighs> there should have so been a baby he, alien. So when he gets in there, he starts just, uh, after his iconic bubblegum line, he just starts go- shooting everybody in sight, rightfully so. I would have done the same thing. You get what you pump full of lead, bitch. Everybody was pumped full of lead. And then my favorite, but not so favorite, is the guard who's able to disappear. Oh, yeah. And he's doing the radio thing. And he's describing And he does that. And then... <laughs> 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 yeah, right before uh, is about to shoot him, he transports. I have to, I want to talk about the use of the watches because it becomes a plot device later on, which is, I think is great. The fact that they immediately start snitching, like this is neighborhood watch. I mean, I get it. You people are shooting at me. I guess I'd snitch too. But (laughs) they immediately start describing him and then disappear like little shits. Like they're so quick to escape. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, they're little bitches. But we get Holly, who, can you tell, were you taken aback by how long Holly's first shot was? Because it goes yes. on forever. It's Holly just walking in a garage, and it's literally a one take of her just going down, walking to her car, and I think it takes like 15 <laughs> seconds. It was It's like, fill it for time. We need fill it for time. They, I think they did, because this is barely at the, the 130 mark. But she's also, like, shot differently. Like, I feel like she's got a different lens, a different camera. Mm-hmm different lighting yeah. they they shot her for porn bitch i am wigless oh my god she's gorgeous i love the shoulder pads the waist is snatched her eyes are her gorgeous. eyes are striking to the point where it makes me uncomfortable i love it i love it it's so oh 80s i haven't seen an eye like that since like dynasty like she looks like she's from dynasty and i'm not mad at that the off 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 brand <laughs> oh but this i this is eventually turns into him taking a hostage and it's just like how did we go from not a everyman to being like, oh, there's f-ing aliens. I'm going to go on a rampage. It's a total 180. It's a total. I, but I get. But you also had to like think about it from his point of view. He discovers these aliens and he was stupid yeah. for calling them out to their face. That was where he fucked up. But we didn't he say did. he was smart, Jackie. Okay. But the reason why he went on this killing rampage is because they were closing in on him. Like if he didn't kill sure. them, they were definitely going to kill him. So he had to go on the shooting rampage. Okay, you defended him. I get it. I get it. But I just, I, how do you feel about Holly? I don't like her. I don't, I like, don't her. like her either. She's I don't really like her. boring. Mm-mm. She's not a redeemable character. I don't like her eyes. And I don't believe for a single second that she was able to throw Nada out a three-story window. Hold on. 
let me, let me get to that part because it's the only redeeming part for Holly for me in this whole damn movie. Because he interrogates her and he's like, you live alone or you married and she lies and she gets him to this place. And this place is gorgeous. Where in Holly, mm-hmm. where in LA is this? Like, I want to know because she seems significantly far from downtown LA. Can't afford it. It's, I don't know where that's at. And so he takes her back to this place and he tries to explain to her like what I'm seeing, the high that I'm experiencing. Put on these glasses. And I love the line of... I'll wear your glasses if you want. If I don't see what you see, I'm going to see it anyway. Holly's a smart bitch. She's a smart bitch and she's not taking it for nobody's business. But I love that line that she's like, you're f***ing crazy, dude. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you whatever the f*** you want to say. And that is me on any date. <laughs> yeah. Listen, okay? What girl do you want me to be tonight? Uh, you're such a <laughs> whore. This whole episode has been nothing but you being a f***ing whore on this show. And I'm here for it. What else is new? Yes! <laughs> Why do you think our customer I... service scores are so high at this store? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I service our customers. <laughs> I don't care for Holly. Point blank period. I don't either. What what is it for you? Everything. I don't like her. Oh makeup. my god. I don't like her eyes. I don't like her dialogue. I don't like her throwing Nada out the three story window. Let's talk about the three story window because I that came out of left field for me and I was not prepared for it. I love the way it shot. It, it it came out of like you said. It came out of nowhere. It's not feasible. But a lot of these whatever. It's there. I don't enjoy it. You don't? I actually really think it's a cool set piece. I think it's such a neat a- effect of her, of just, like, getting the, the shit, champagne, the shit, how are we pronounce it in French? And Champale. And then just dex that bitch, bam, bitch went down and out the window. I think it's really rad. And then he just walks away. Nada gets through it, sis. Bam, Holly, but- super bitch. Um, let's just move past it because I just don't care. Yeah, I don't, don't I, feel it. I just, I don't believe it is what my problem is. I don't believe that this, no shade, that this, you know, small women could knock down this huge wrestler out that window. I don't believe it. But whatever, it's a movie. The next day, Nada makes his way back to his old job site, but Frank wants nothing to do with him after all the people were killed. Knowing he won't be able to convince Frank, he decides to show him. He runs back to where he hit the glasses and Frank meets him there to deliver one week's pay. Nada tries to get Frank to put on the glasses and when he refuses, the ridiculous brawl ensues. Like seriously y'all, this fight goes on for a solid five and a half minutes straight. After the soft core straight man porn, Nada is finally Mm -hmm. able to get a pair of glasses on Frank and show him them. They seek refuge in a hotel room to pork each other and devise a plan to find the group who made the glasses if they're still alive i told you this movie's so gay because this is gay this is i told you man straight man porn i mean hello wrestling is very gay you're all rubbing up on each other in man panties okay oh my god wrestling's so gay so okay 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 so nada makes his way back to the site frank's like the boyfriends get in a fight no Get out of here. You killed people. What the f*** is wrong with you? You went on a shooting rampage. You shouldn't be showing your face around here. Yada, yada, mm-hmm. yada. Nada realizes he can't. He's not going to be able to convince him. He has to show him. He goes back. He gets the glasses. There's a whole ordeal with the glasses. And I don't care to get into it because it's stupid. Or it doesn't go anywhere. And then, uh, so eventually, 
uh, Frank makes his way back to the alley to meet Nada to go give him his, here, you want a prize. And <laughs> when he's there, he's like, here, put on these glasses. You got to see. And he's like, no, f- you are not putting on these glasses. And I'm giving this... you a choice. Put these on or start eating that trash can. This is where we get, in my opinion, one of the most ridiculous fight scenes. And I, not in a, like, I know it. you do. I know you do. But pff, I'm not even joking. This fight scene goes on for five f***ing minutes. It's gr- I think it's great because of the way it's broken up. It does go five minutes, but the they start out just whacking at each other, and they'll do it later on in the goddamn hotel whacking room. Each other but off. they just, <laughs> but they just go at each other. And I have to give credit to both of these actors. This took so many weeks to do. I can only imagine how difficult it was to perform. They went. They wanted it to be as good as they could, so they ended up decorating all of the mats to look like the concrete so that way they can get them hitting the ground so that way they can get them landing all these moves and i personally think it's a fantastic fight scene it is so well regarded south park did almost a shot for shot fight (laughs) between jimmy and timmy and it's oh my god it's one of the best scenes in south park how dare you mention south park on the pod i don't give a I love this fight. It goes on for a ridiculously long time. I love how they get tired, how they take a break. They go back. They go back and forth. <laughs> I'm it's surprised just... they didn't stop and have a f-ing beer in the middle of this fight. They should have. You need and a they... break. They... <laughs> you take a piss. This shit goes on forever, but my I think my favorite part about it is the repercussion of it. Because it shows that Nada isn't necessarily like an Arnold Schwarzenegger and just takes hit after hit after hit and he can take it. This guy, literally, they literally limp to the hotel after Nada gets Frank to wear the glasses. They are bruised. They are beat up. They f*** each other into submission. This and then they limp j- after the hotel room for a whole different <laughs> reason. Ow, ow. It's insane and you are right it is so gay i don't care what anyone says to me wrestling is inherently gay gay. if it's wwf and you guys are literally in costumes doing characters doing skits and scats and touching each other with oil drag queens y'all are drag queens (laughs) except you're not getting tipped you guys are just tipping each other It's just, it's wild. I love it. I love the hotel scene. I think it's great that the boyfriends kiss and make up. (laughs) Aw, they reunited. I like Frank. I really like Frank. He put up a damn good fight. He beat the shit out of of Nada. And I think he's a, he's not just a side character. He's a character who can hold his own shit. He's just thrown into all of this madness. The next day, as Frank returned from grocery shopping, he's approached by Gilbert, one of the leaders of the rebellion. He invites the two men to a meeting that night. The men meet the rest of the rebellion at their new location, where they turn in their glasses and are upgraded to contact lenses. They also gain intel that they all wear expensive watches that are camouflaged for two-way radios. They obtained wind and are now able to hear their broadcasts. Nada sees Holly and approaches her. She apologizes for throwing him out of a window and almost killing him. And in the middle of their awkwardly intimate moment, we get a loud explosion. An army of policemen swarm the group and immediately opens fire, killing everyone in sight. 
Nada and Frank are able to make a getaway using the watch the Rebellion obtained. It opens a portal that leads to some underground tunnels. The duo make their way to a banquet hall where they are celebrating the takedown of the Rebellion. <clears throat> so Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia make their way to the Rebellion base. And this is... <laughs> is that all you think of when I say Rebellion? Is Star it's Wars? all I can think of. Yes, it's all I can think of. I apologize, everybody. But Frank is being a good boyfriend. They just had a horrible fight. And he goes to get food for the both of them. And Gilbert comes into the... <laughs> I'm going to get so much hate mail. I love it. More than you're used to. Shade. How do you feel about this, like, rebellion ambush thing that happens? Because I, once again, I, I'm i coming in here as a novice. I wasn't prepared for that giant explosion. And yes, that very awkward, intimate, like, moment between Holly and Nada. That they're mm-hmm. trying to push this, like, relationship. Yeah, they're definitely trying to push this romance for a gag later. And in honesty, I don't buy any of this shit. But that's mostly because I don't like Holly. Yeah. This ambush is also very real um i know this would 100 percent happen these days but it's like quote-unquote rebellions so it's very real i feel like i feel like it it makes like this heightened sense that they're doing of like them against us and this rebellion very real all of a sudden because before it was just not a having to deal with the bullshit he knows he he burrowed his nose into and with this it's just like a full-on assault i wasn't prepared for them to like fully just like massacre everybody in Oh, yeah, they went to town, bitch. They went to town, and they just opened up their eye doctor unit. Like, they were giving out contact lenses. (laughs) They don't even get dental. Uh, I agree. They definitely, like, tried to push this love story, and it it needed more developing. If that's what you were going to push, it needed more developing, and there was no development there, which is why you don't buy it. I think you hit the nail on the head, and it's just... It's been fine. It, like... I really like this setup. I really like the fight at the end. And all of this literally happens within like the last 10 minutes of this movie. Yeah. It really just like, uh, like it hits the gas and just like goes straight for it. So the only straight part about it. At the party, ah! the two men are approached by another man they met earlier. He congratulates them on their initiative into the group and offers to give them the grand tour. They eventually end up at the news studio when they're asked for the authorization cards. The duo shoot the guards before the other man transports using his watch. The two men make their way into the studio, killing everyone in sight. After leaving, the studio security is deployed and they chase the men throughout the compound. The men meet up with Holly and make their way to the roof to stop the signal. When Nada runs up to the roof, Holly kills Frank with a bullet to the head. (gasps) Nada is cornered on the roof by the police helicopters and Holly with a gun. She asks him to come inside with her, but he shoots her instead and then shoots out the satellites. The police shoot Nada down, but he's still successful in bringing down the signals that hide them. After the huge explosion, all aliens are shown in their true form and our movie ends. Wowza. 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 Wow. Wow. I love the party. It's so purge before the purge. You know what I'm talking about? Like, <laughs> yeah. the rich, the rich elite, like, doing all this gross shit that they normally do anyway. I really like that setup. I love the new studio stand down. I think it's really effective. I wanted more from the new, like, the pre- presentation of the new studio because I think it's always a great setting in new studios. So I wanted mm-hmm. more out of it. But this, I really liked this, that end piece. But I was not surprised by Holly. Because she wasn't. 
I thought she was going to turn out to be one of the aliens. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. But I have big problems with the way that Frank was taken down. He was taken down all too easily, practically off screen. He deserved way better than that. Absolutely. I fully agree that Frank deserved, if he was going to be killed, he deserved a far better death to what this script has been presenting for us so far. And I'm not finished yet. I don't believe for a second <laughs> that Frank would have let that white woman behind him. He would have been like, uh-uh, bitch, you stay where I can see you. I'm going to keep my mm-hmm. eye on you. You in, you're with these working with these aliens and you're white? I don't trust you. Exactly. Like, I knew everything was up when they said the news studio. And then when we're at the news studio, I was like, oh, she's a bad guy. Like, obviously, yeah. she's a bad guy. Like, obviously. Hello. So I really wasn't, like, gagged of the century by that. But that's not the point of that. I was more gagged that, like, everybody dies. (laughs) This is another, like, John Carpenter nihilistic, like, bleak ending. Granted, the hero does uh, does do his duty. He does let everyone know that this is happening. He takes... He's still successful. So you still get that grandiose type of ending that you're wanting out of this movie. It's just... I wish Nada could have survived, but I don't think it would be as strong of an ending if Nada survived. Agreed. I don't... It wasn't necessary for him to survive. Um, Mm -hmm. It was necessary for him to be successful, though. I I think if they weren't successful, it wouldn't have been a great movie. But I, I, I do love that they were successful. I don't like this ending, though. It kind of just, really? like, ends. I like that they're successful, and I like that all the aliens, you know, the satellite's taken down, their shields are down or whatever, and everybody's able to, like, kind of wake up and see these people for what they are. I love that. I think that's great. I love all the reveals, how it happens on the news, and happens in the commercials, <laughs> the TV shows, and then it happens in real life as these people are having sex. <laughs> the uh. couple's, like, having sex, and she looks down, and it's, like, a, the gross alien. And that's where our movie ends. And I'm just like, I want more. Oh, I would have liked to see, yeah, a little bit more payoff. I would have liked to see them seeing like running the aliens out and kind of taking, you know, ownership of their, yeah, taking everything back. I'm taking it back. She took Aaron back. I, I can agree. I dig the ending in a way. I think if we did get like a, the only way I can imagine it is in my head. Like Nada was buried at blah, blah, blah. Frank, blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, here's a recap of all of our friends at the end of the movie. So, yeah. like, but this is, I do, I do like this ending. I think it's satisfactory enough. I do agree that you, I want just a scotch, just a scotch more, especially since mm-hmm. it took quite a bit for us to, like, get the wheels and graces turning with a character that is just meant for me to impress on and there's nothing for me to, like, fully enjoy him as a character except for the fact that he is fine and that he does one-liners you know what i'm saying yeah um and i would have even taken like a flash forward like two years or a year mm-hmm. and maybe the aliens are gone already and the, the citizens are finally starting to wake up from this like wake up wake up wake up from this haze that they've been in and maybe they're finally starting to get back to a real society i would have even taken that but yeah. I, you know, we got the ending that we did. And it's not the worst thing. It's definitely not the worst thing that we could have gotten. And it's feasible. It is very feasible. And I would highly agree with that. So we are at the end of our movie. This is the end of our January month. And we're going to start moving into February, which we'll announce in a little bit. But what are you going to give this movie's... 
final scores. This is another John Carpenter classic. Um, mm-hmm. this, this is a great movie, in my opinion. It's political horror. It's commentary. It's got great effects. It's got an okay story. It's got okay characters. <laughs> um, but I'm going to say I would rent it for sure. I think it's a solid installment in John Carpenter's filmography. Mm-hmm. And it's cemented in pop culture history, I want to say. I feel like it's an important movie to watch. I think it's very much still relevant today. A little too eerily relevant. Um, I'm also going to rent it. I think that this movie is fantastic. I can see why people love it. I can see why people would absolutely buy this movie. For me, I think just overall, the heavy-handedness of classism, Reaganomics, uh, and all of this other great stuff still plays well. I think it plays really, really well. Looking back on it now, and Instagram, and followers, and this idea of consistently selling you something. So I think it reverberates mm-hmm. so well. I think that's fantastic. Especially looking at people that people like idolize now. Like Kim Kardashian's going to the Met mm. Gala and doing all these like other things. It's just really fascinating to see. So watching it now, especially since I hadn't seen it before, it's really fantastic. Had a great time. My biggest just like gripe is that it takes a minute to get there and that yeah. nada literally is another character and for <laughs> yeah. me i need i need more from like my main heroes i can see why i like him y'all can understand why i like him a lot he is fine in this movie <laughs> i just wanted i just wanted a little more but i would agree you cannot pass this up in john carpenter's filmography it is an absolute classic that you should watch mm-hmm. yeah definitely a solid film that deserves to be seen Mm-hmm. For our next week's release, holy crap, queerdos, we've done it. Next week's episode is our one-year anniversary. We will be celebrating with you all, and we cannot wait. I can't believe it's more one year. Was it? Kind of fast slash long one year. <laughs> <laughs> It has been a very interesting year. I can't wait for us to talk about it. I'll save all my feelings for it. But I am just, I am, I can't believe it. I really can't believe it. As well as it being our anniversary month next year, our theme for next month is a February free-for-all. It is our random picks, the picks that we've been wanting to put on here. And we're also going to include a listener pick as well. So I'm so stoked. Please and thank you. So if you like what you hear, please follow the queens on our Instagram at the Carpenter Queens. Our Twitter is at Carpenter Queens. My personal account is Nicholas Alexander Photography. My personal account is at STFU Ray. And that concludes this week's episode, y'all. We hope you enjoyed and please join us next week for our very ultra special, mega special, ultra special, all the specials anniversary <laughs> episode. <laughs> Until so then, for one year stay old. safe. Stay queer and stay messed up, y'all. We'll see you on the next one. See you on the bye, flip side. Bye, 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 b